Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, friends. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution. And today, delighted to be your host for the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Fuse, the insurance marketing software that skyrockets retention, boosts policy per customer, and makes your clients love your agency without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists. If you haven't done it lately, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of the software that agents and brokers are raving about today. Today's podcast guest is Brett Allen. Brett is the former social media maven for Safeco's Bricks and Clicks program and former director of social selling for independent insurance agency partners at the Hartford. Uh, Brett was a pioneer of social media for growth-driven agencies for years and now is the founder and principal of Boss Social, in which he's developed a step-by-step system any agency can follow. Among the many things that we cover in this podcast are how to look great online, a simple method to attract the very clients you most want, and the um, the routine, the discipline that successful social agents use to make growth and engagement easy. And so without further ado, it's my privilege and honor to introduce you to my guest, Brett Allen. Brett Allen, how are you? Good, good. Welcome. Welcome. Well, I'm excited I mean, about this. Yeah. We've been trying to put this together for a long time, so I finally tracked you down in Idaho. No, you're in Oregon. I'm on the border. You you're, can you're call on the it border. either. You're on the border, right. So uh, a, a proud Oregonian, but maybe even not that long. So um, yeah, you and I have had dialogue and conversations for many years. Um, I've known you here, I've known you there, and now I know you where you are now. Uh, and you're doing some exciting things. So before we sort of dive into the secrets of social selling and and optimizing social media for sales and producers, um, if if you'd be so kind, um, for those who don't know you as well as I do, Brett, if you would introduce yourself. I have been in the insurance space for about a decade. Um, was working with realtors prior to that and then helped build the social media program for Safeco Bricks and Clicks, which is, as you know, continued to grow. And now Dale and Chuck are managing that. And then was recruited by the Hartford to build their national social selling program. And it was kind of great because I got to spend several years in the personal line space and then several years in the commercial line space. Right. And then it was just this last year <laughs> to serve my audience deeper um, to be able to provide a, I felt like a stronger, more in-depth training program, I decided to go out on my own. And so I've started Boss Social and we've just released the Boss Social Selling System, which is a three-week training program to help sales producers integrate social media into their sales process. Got it. All right. So um, before we sort of dive into 
Oh, in, in, into the we, uh, weeds, and 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 we will get very practical. I, I want to get your perspective on kind of the big picture of what's happening in the world of social right now. And, and I'm asking because I think there's a lot of confusion about it. There's a fair amount of change, uh, as there always is in that field. Um, it, there's a lot of misuse. There's a lot of frustration, you know, people posting stuff on social and wondering, gosh, why aren't I getting more likes? Or maybe even more astutely, gosh, I'm getting a lot of likes, so what? So <laughs> let me ask you, you know, like let's float up to 30,000 feet. Um, big picture, what do you think are the big trends and forces that are pushing social right now? Yeah, so I think at the, at the bottom of it, really we're humans and we like connection. And so social media evolved or emerged because it was this way that we could communicate with each other. And what's happened in the, the wake of Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all these types of things is we've become very tool centric. And so we, we measure all these things in these tools, but um, at the end of the day, it's the human need for socializing that I think continues to evolve this space. And so what we've seen in the last few years, the WhatsApp Messenger, um, WeChat, Facebook Messenger, these are the, the most actively used services in social media. And when you step back and you think about it, you realize it's because as humans, we really want to communicate. Sometimes because we're in the business, we're focusing on how we use this as a business to sell or how to connect with our clients. But I think we always have to put ourselves into the shoes of the consumer, of the, of the human who says, you know what? I have friends, I have family, I'm trying to solve problems in my life. How do I use technology to get news, to get information? And so that natural push to say, you know what? Maybe some of these standard social media platforms have gotten, they've gotten so contrived with ads and all this kind of stuff. They're, they're moving closer to the private groups that we really want to have, which are so much more available now in some of these, like, like the messenger apps, because as a industry, we haven't figured out how to like jump in there yet and start throwing ads in front of people when they're in a private group <laughs> setting in WhatsApp yeah. or something like that. Uh -huh. So that, that I think really is an important thing to acknowledge that how do we use this as a salesperson? How do we use this as an agency? We've got to recognize that it does innovate very quickly and this last few years, we've learned some really interesting things about deepening relationships through engagement instead of just focusing on content distribution. Got it. Okay. So um, <clears throat> for the sake of definition, let's put a word or two around it. It sounds like you're making a distinction between what some people might call social media marketing and social selling. Whereas uh, the social media marketing, generally people are, again, they're... Um, Oh, uh, developing content, curating content, or ideally developing original content, um, ideally uh, content of value that people care about. Um, and then perhaps in the ideal world, they're connecting that content to some kind of uh, marketing engines that uh, attract the right people and then uh, over time draw them in. Um, until, and, and then eventually they work through the quote unquote funnel and you know, perhaps turns into an appointment or a phone call, um, and and so um, I mean, clearly, uh, producers can use that model, agencies can use that model, but there is a different approach to social, which I think is, I think, uh, um, that's really your area of expertise. That's really focusing on and moving towards 
the um, private conversations, the small conversations, the small groups, um, and, and that they are in fact uh, like genuine dialogue. They're not preconceived, which in social media, you might, you might design your entire, the lead magnet, the funnel, the drip emails, and the landing pages all in advance, right? But I think in the model that you're focusing on right now, it, it really is kind of like what you and I are doing at this very moment. We're having an actual spontaneous conversation. That is, and that I think is a distinction some people would call social selling. Is that your area of focus? Yes, yes. I, I, I definitely want to differ, dif, differentiate social media marketing as using social technology for traditional marketing object, object uh, I can't speak, objectives, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to use social media to create awareness, create brand awareness, to be able to answer some questions and to increase my reach. When we think about social selling, then, well, let's step back to social media marketing. So who is responsible for social media marketing? You have a small agency where maybe it's a role that's taken on by the owner and an oper you know, an operations manager that's also doing social media, or maybe the CSR or the secretary got thrown into this position. Hey, you're also marketing. And they're like, okay, you know, we saw this over and over again. Then you get a larger agency that says, hey, we've got enough funds, we've got enough revenue here that we can hire someone. And there's just so many great programs out there to say, let's train this person up. If they didn't get a degree, maybe they came in, you know, as a secretary and then got more roles and eventually was in charge of marketing. So how do we teach them how to, to do traditional marketing using social media? And by traditional, I don't mean traditional like before the internet, but traditional internet marketing. But the thing that I saw over and over again, um, as, as I worked with agencies is that the producer is in a different space, you know? And of course you see this in the carriers very, very much. Like you've got this marketing side of the business and it's almost like this brick wall between the marketing side and then the sales team. And so I was fortunate, Hartford, I really liked the Hartford, they were great. And we had what we called the dotted line between the marketing and the sales. And so we were trying to create more communication there. But the thing is, is they're very different objectives. What's the marketing trying to do? And then what's the salesperson trying to do? Often the salesperson would say, uh, in the agencies, and I can see this even in the carrier level, is marketing is their job, we're here to sell. And what we discovered over and over again is that social media is a powerful sales tool. It's a tool that we can use to create more engagement, to create stronger top of mind in one-on-one -on -one relationships, not in just generic branding. And so social selling, for my definition, really is how do I use social media as a sales producer to build my book? as a sales tool? How do I integrate it into my sales process so I have a stronger connection with my existing clients? So I am doing some marketing things as far as increasing reach and things like that, but that's not the final goal. The final goal is to have that direct conversation at scale. So in my computer in the morning in 10 to 15 minutes, I can reach several hundred people or even just 10 or 15 specific people in really powerful ways using this technology. And that's what our training really focuses on, which is how to understand this different map, this different method or strategy for using social as a salesperson. All right, uh, so let me ask you a question. Uh, so, so first of all, let's, let's make a comparison to like literally old school. Uh, let's go back to 1995, pre-social media. Okay. Um, what, is, what does social media or social selling 
um, uh, multiply or accelerate or amplify that uh, used to be done in uh, in the old school agency. What, what's the what's the parallel? So because of big data, because of like, let's use LinkedIn, for example, LinkedIn is the database, right? We always think of it as a social network, but if I'm just a computer scientist, I would say, yeah, right. this is a database <laughs> and I can search it and I can dig through this data. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you pay for um, sales navigator, then you can even have a better interface for digging through that data. So if I know I have a certain product that, yep. you know, like I look at my carriers, I say, okay, this one carrier has got this, this product that's so easy. As long as I can get in front of people, it's so easy to sell because it's just better or I just understand it better and I understand how to articulate it. So the question is, how do I get the service I provide to the people who need that? So I can use social media and the internet to come up with a clear understanding of my ideal client. And so if I know who my ideal client is, in the past, we're like, how do we match up ideal clients with perfect solutions? Well, now I go into LinkedIn. If I understand who my ideal client is, I can find them. And with that, I can connect with them at scale. I mean, this is where geography is going to break down more and more over time, because if I, for example, work with manufacturing or technology or whatever the business industry is, you know, I, I met a guy once who did churches in, the, in New England and he had churches in multiple states. Like he insured churches. He understood what the churches needed and he had solutions for that. So why would he have to minimize how wide his sales could be if he had an apparatus or an ability to find out who all the people were? And in the mm -hmm. past, you know, 1995, you're going to do postcards and news ads or whatever you're going to do to try to reach them. But now I can just go on LinkedIn, find out who they are, and then I can employ a engagement strategy to be able to build a relationship with them that's going to, over time, establish my trust. You know, I, I really like this idea of the, the hero's journey. And you've seen this in the past, right? The hero's journey. Yeah. And we're all the protagonists in our own life. And along comes the guru, you know, we're Luke Skywalker trying to figure out how to use the force. Yoda comes along and he's like, hey, I've already been where you want to be. If we can share content in such a way that we're Yoda, that we're acknowledging that, hey, we're here to help you solve your problems. We get you where you need to go. And this doesn't happen overnight. I don't, I see this all the time on LinkedIn. People connect with me and then they say, Brett, I'd like to connect with you. And then they give me like a page of advertising content. Here's my background. And it's very salesy and it's very just, it's like they're talking at me. And then I have other people to reach out to me and they say, Brett, I'd really like to talk to you. Or I've got a question that I'd like to share with you. Or I'm sharing some cool stuff I think you might like. And then it moves into an organic, real conversation. And, and that little bit of difference between throwing content at people and isolating who are the people that you really want to have a relationship with, giving them something of real high value that they can immediately acknowledge, like, wow, that helps me out. And then not just throw advertising at them, but actually start to build an, a relationship with them. It's the same relationship building salespeople have been doing all their life. Like we know how to, you know, if I, if you're a good salesperson, we show up at a birthday party or some event and we start talking. Next thing I know, I've like explained to you my risks and you're like, man, do you realize you, you, you don't have cyber liability? Like, do you understand what's at risk here? Because they've done a good job at that. And so when salespeople realize social media isn't just for traditional marketing, it's actually a, a telephone, it's a communication tool by which we can move through connecting with people at large, creating a little bit of brand awareness through this traditional social media, but then appropriately develop one-on-one -on -one or small group conversations that really 
create a relationship, that's when we're getting into the power of social selling. Okay. Um, so n- number one, so it, it sounds like uh, in, in response to my, to my earlier question, uh, that this, this takes the place of the old school, you know, whatever, hanging around the Kiwanis or going to the chamber or, uh, you know, making, making cold calls, that kind of jazz, right? So now somebody, a producer, can begin to an, initiate relationship and then stimulate engagement. And if it's appropriate and they do it well, can lead towards an appointment, which then becomes a sale. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, all right. So, um, uh, so you've identified like some things people do wrong. Um, and so what I want to dig into with you right here is what is that engagement strategy? And I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn a fair amount. Um, and uh, I'm generally offended by the, a lot of the connection requests that I get. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it's okay if somebody, somebody's like, hey, I, I want to connect with you. Cool. I connect. Um, particularly if they're in the industry or if it's, you know, one of the, my sub interests. Um, and, and then it's not uncommon where it's like, you know, the next day it's like, oh, so happy we can connect. Let's have a 15 minute phone call. And I'm like, dude, we're, we're, who taught you about relationship building? You know, it's like, right. um, it's like, like, first of all, there's no such thing as a 15 minute phone call. And there's yeah. definitely no such thing as a 15 minute phone call. That's like of great value. <laughs> and you're definitely not getting on my calendar for 15 minutes. I don't even know you. Right. It's, but it's like, Oh, I, I think, I think we should connect, you know, and be friends and like, how, how does tomorrow look? And I'm thinking, wow, this is such a misunderstood medium. Yeah. It's almost as if the, the normal social skills that, you know, we learned in elementary school and middle school and high school, right? Like people get on social media and they like totally forget about how to be a, how to be a human to a human, right? And, and that's setting aside the other ones like, um, uh, hey, Michael, I see you're in insurance. I've got a great offer for, um, you know, a way you can sell a lot of life insurance policies. And I'm like, Dude, it's like, you're, you're not even pretending to read my profile. I know. I, okay. So I have uh, enough background in, in real estate that I still get real estate professionals connecting with me 10 years since I really have left that industry saying, hey, as a real estate professional, you know, I've got this way for you to get leads or something like that. Yeah. I, I oh, think of it as pickup lines, right? We were, you know, I, I was never good at it. I never even really tried it, but you have the stereotypical hey, hey, story, hey, hey, going to like, the bar. You don't even need pickup lines. Good looking guy like you, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I had hair back in the day. But the thing is, is you, I, I used to do this in my workshop. It was always like that borderline call working for the carrier where like, will Brett have to go to HR after this moment? Because in my workshops, I would find someone who in the audience that felt like she probably wouldn't totally harass me if I did this, but I would come up to her and I'd get on my knee and I would say, I noticed you when you came in, you look so nice. Will you spend the rest of your life with me? And I just kneel down right in my workshop, you know, and this poor woman would usually say like, call HR, you know, or call, call HR. Right. One time that a lady did say yes. One time a lady did say yes. She's like, it's definitely. And, and I was like, that's the power of cold calling, like right there. You know, if you try it enough, it'll work. But, but getting to my point, 
the thing is, is I don't know why in social you gotta media. Get, you got to get on your knees like, you know, a few hundred times before you get one of yeah, those. I mean, so much time spent, so much effort involved in trying to do that kind of stuff. So, so when you think about social media, most of us are extroverts that are in sales. We know how to talk to people, but for some reason you get on social media and it's like all of a sudden we're in France. We don't know the language, don't know the culture. And I'm just saying to people over and over, if you can do what you already do, using this new communication tool, you will be amazed at how successful you are. And the truth is you don't go from, you look great, I'd like to have three kids, here's a ring, and hope that that's gonna work out, right? Even if it was your, you know, your perfect person, they're gonna be like, whoa, too fast. And yet in social media, people do this all the time. They connect with us and then they don't take the time to nurture that relationship. And I think it's primarily not because we don't know how in real life, we just don't know how using the tools to do, you know, to do this appropriately. And that's what we really want to help people understand is like, you already are good at this. We're just going to show you through our training how to implement tactics that allow you to nurture and engage. And that's why we say content is king is over. It's dead. It's engagement is king. And it's about building relationships through consistent, like a weekly execution process that's going to help you be successful. The biggest problem is people go to LinkedIn, they go, oh, I'm going to go find a bunch of people I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, no. You just met some people last week, but you didn't establish a very strong relationship with them. Now let's connect with them on LinkedIn or Facebook and let's start nurturing those relationships that you have met and build that out organically instead of just trying to, you know, shoot in the dark, different directions, hoping to. Do do you think sometimes people feel like you know, they, they, maybe they played in it for a while. I've been on social, I, I've been done social media, like a, a, you know, an hour every day for a month and I'm not getting anything from it. Do you, do you think one, they have unrealistic expectations and two, their quote unquote engagement strategy is just really poorly crafted. I, I would say that's probably true in many people's situations. I, I love the, the idea of the digital immigrant versus the digital native, you know, this whole, idea that many of us are immigrating to this and it is a new language it's a new culture we understand our kids you know who are now 30 they totally get it they understand that and so they feel so comfortable using these technologies we don't and so we go about it in really poor ways you know if i if i go to france and i get a tour guide who only speaks french then my tour is not as good as it would be if i had someone who could speak french and english and so a lot of us go to training that was really just for the millennials. I always say most social media training is by millennials for millennials. And so as a digital native, right, if the average insurance producer is over, you know, it's well over 50, probably even to 60, then here's someone who's obviously saying, man, the, the ramp or the bar to understand this stuff and to utilize it effectively is just so much that I'm just gonna dismiss it. Or I'm gonna do a couple token things and then convince myself that, you know, I, I would love it when people come to my workshops and there would be this one guy's arms are folded and he's like, you know, I'm pretty much here to convince myself that I don't need to do any of this stuff. Like, that's my goal. And it would be so fun over the period of time that I spend with them where they start to realize, wow, I, I don't understand now how to do all that technically, but I understand the vision. I understand that this is about building relationships with people we know, people we've met, people that we have common interests in. And I know how to do that. And so let me understand with the help of someone like me and, and what we do to help you understand, basically, I, I'm like that French speaking and English speaking tour guide that says, hey, I can take you through this to show you on a weekly basis how to execute this in such a way 
that is actually going to create lift. All right, let's talk about it. So let's uh, uh, bring us into the real world here. Um, <clears throat> let's say I'm, I'm a producer and I got a niche and um, I'm a, a digital immigrant, you know, for the sake of discussion. So, um, and, 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 and I'm looking at a blank screen, there's whatever, LinkedIn or what have you. What do I do in the real world that helps fulfill the vision that you're talking about? Yeah, so first one is making sure that we understand this clear different mental model. And, uh, and I think when we understand the whole idea, the idea of moments of truth, so we have these moments of truth in the buyer's journey. And when we understand that the, our ideal client is going on the web instead of picking up the phone, right? Traditionally, we would have picked up the phone or come in the office. Now we go to Google and we use our phones. And so this Google, I think it was about 2011, they published the book, The Zero Moment of Truth. And it was saying, you know, we own it. Everyone comes to us. And so your strategy really, as you start to get more concrete with this, is you need to understand what, two things. Number one, why people like you. Like, why is someone, why are your best clients sticking around? What is it that you bring to the table beyond customer service, beyond pro product knowledge? And what you're going to do, and this is what our week one really focuses on, and I, and I call it, I look great online. Because what it is, is it's this effort to make sure that you can make transparent what you bring to the table. So that way, when people go to check you out, maybe it was a referral, or maybe it was something they bumped into, and they poke around a little bit, these moments of truth are powerful that are answering their questions, number one, the, and then number two, aligning you as a guide, right? You're the Yoda. So aligning you as someone that can take them where they wanna go. And so the first thing that you're gonna to need to do, and for many producers, if you only get through week one, in fact, I had a guy the other day, he said, I finished day one last night, and I have to say it's eye-opening. And then he went through it and he says, if I fix just those things, and that's all I got out of this course, it would be worth it. And he says, I'm looking forward to the rest of the journey. And so the thing is, is step one is we just got to look good and we got to make sure that we have positive moments of truth. And so if we can take the time to optimize that experience when someone comes to check you out and they go, wow, that was good. That was, and it existed, right? Unfortunately, there's so many people that are so powerful, have so much knowledge, so much experience, but you go on the line online and it doesn't reflect that. And so people in dismiss your model, in, in your model, how do you identify or find those people that you are that you end up having conversation with? Okay, so there's a couple ways. On a, on a kind of the, the higher theoretical level is you map what you want to sell with who needs it. And so what you're going to figure out is who are the businesses that need the types of solutions that you have or the individuals. And then you're going to basically map out what their buyer's journey is. And you're going to figure out what are the things that they're going to look for on the web. And then you're going to start creating, you know, once you look good, we're going to start creating content. So there might gonna, be some content. You have to make content. Yeah. Okay. You're not anti-content. So, uh, yeah. so we're not, so we're not going to get yeah. into an argument about that. No, right? no. Content is, <laughs> content is, it's huge. It's important. It's just on a number. It's, it's not, it has to, it has to it go can't somewhere. Be, it can't be like counting the number of publications or the number of likes. It's about, do you have content that's aligning with the needs of your ideal client? And then is that going to be articulated in such a way that it establishes you as a credible person? Because what happens is we, we 
go online all the time now and say, oh, I got a, I got this problem. I'm going to go online. And then based on what we find online, we, we actually make that decision. We didn't even wait to get that first appointment where that someone could talk to us. And so we have to have content. Um, and, I think and, and content in this case, let, let, let's go. So we're, we're pretty top of the funnel right now. Yeah. We're pretty yeah. high on this, right? And so let's yeah. so pick a niche. You're going with a niche of some kind. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it really matters. Let's say it's going to be, it's, it, well, it's interesting because I've been working with a lot of personal lines and when I originally yeah. built this out, it really was, it works really, really well for commercial and right. a personal oh, line right. has been interesting because, you know, it's so much more diverse. And so we started talking about like high net worth and different things like that. But yeah. if we just go into a, a traditional, um, small commercial niche, let's say, well, I don't know. Let's let's say adding cyber liability or something, right? Cyber cyber liability. Okay. So for, for X Y Z companies. Exa okay. Exactly. Right. So and, and so there might so 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 I think in your model you might create a piece of content about uh, you know cyber liability protecting your business from you know the possible damages yada yada yada. Okay. And and so in theory, then some people are gonna want that and, uh, and, and, and they'll download that. Maybe you get, maybe you put it on a landing page and get their email address, maybe in your model. Yeah, the, 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 the struggle is the right, the, the more effective thing of course, is to capture their content information and use a landing page or something like that. However, a lot of producers, you know, my focus is so hardcore into with the 80, 20 rule, which is saying, What's the least amount of effort a producer has to put into this to make it work? And, and asking, or, or or what's the most amount of effort they will put into it? Right, right. They're like, I got to golf in twenty minutes. Yeah, Let's okay, got to go. So, so the question is, how can we be realistic? Yeah. Um, can you go ask all these producers? You got to start building landing pages and do email campaigns. The truth is, that's beyond what. Okay, most so that of may not are. happen, but so that so but, they could have a piece of content. But you can they, have some. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn make it available a, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a blogging platform. Most yeah. people don't realize that you can write articles and publish it on LinkedIn. Okay. Those are website pages that are optimized for SEO. You can do a search, find them on their own. You also can share them with people on a regular basis. If you and I are at some event and you're like, "Hey, you know what? My buddy has he just had a, a cyber breach." <laughs> looks like I don't even know if his business is going to make it. And I'm starting to think, man, maybe I need to talk about this. And you're like, well, yeah, I've got some solutions. I've got some things I can talk to you about. But if you have all that information that you normally share with them in, at the first meeting or when you're sitting down already available on the web, then in that conversation, you can say, well, you know, we don't really have time. Like we got, you know, this is about to leave or whatever the scenario is where you can't have that full conversation. You say, oh, I've shot a video that explains really the top four things ah, that you really yeah. need to understand. And I've embedded it on a LinkedIn page or, I mean, you don't have to explain all that, but basically to say, I have taken this little piece of my brain that understands this and I've made it available online. I always joke, it's like cutting albums, right? It's kind of like you're cutting music. You know, what are your best songs? If you're, if you are an insurance producer and whenever cyber liability comes up and you map out, what are the five things you talk about all the time? Then what we're going to do is we're going to create content, put that on the web so people can get that before they have to sit down with you. And then that way they get that information. Now, some producers are like, whoa, Brett, that, that scares me to death because what if they take my knowledge and they go to another person? Or what if another producer takes that knowledge? 
And, and it's always a hard situation to say, well, you know, you're not even in the game if you're not online. So we've got to just get it out there and, and <laughs> do it in such a way that it leads them to wanting to have a stronger conversation with us. So the landing page works great because if you, you know, if you could get their email and then give them this piece of content and then you could say, hey, you know, a couple of days later, say another email says, you know, you're asking about this. Here's a little bit more information. And then you share some more stuff with them. Then in a week or two, when they finally are like, I got to make a decision, then they're going to, their brain for most people is going to look back on what occurred over the last couple of weeks. And then they're going to act on whoever had the strongest play. And, in and it, I think, and in your model, because it's, it really is producer focused uh, in the content, you can encourage them to ask questions. Like you can say, jump on LinkedIn or here's my LinkedIn, uh, you know, here, here, here's my LinkedIn connection or uh, here's how you can email me. So you, so you want to encourage a sense of real relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You're using these social media tools. And so a lot of it is, is I, I see this all the time where someone asks someone something on Facebook and they give like a little response and then, and it ends with, and call me if you have any further questions. And I always see that. And I think that was the call. That was the moment where they were, they were asking for you. And if you switch that and, and, and we have to acknowledge that a lot of people are, are not taking phone calls as much as they used to They're, They would prefer an email right. or a text, right. but it's one of those things where if you were to say, Hey, um, that's a great question. Here's like a sentence or two. I'm just so you know, I just reached out to you on LinkedIn with a connection request. I'd like to talk to you more about this or, or even just, you know, I've, I've just sent you an email or uh, if you know them well enough, you know, you just text them. It, it's, it's just the idea of pivoting it into like WhatsApp or into a messenger app or to something else like that, where you're moving it from this general Facebook or LinkedIn type of post with all these general comments where you're saying, okay, that's, that was kind of like the top of the funnel. We had this topic, some people commented. Now what I'm doing is I'm isolating the conversations within that and now I'm taking it offline or I'm taking it to a more one-on-one -on -one virtual conversation that allows me to completely change the nature of how we're, we're communicating. Okay. Um, do, do you see producers? And, and I'm, I'm stressing that. I mean, we're not talking about marketers. Right. Who are, you know, generally, well, whatever, they're trained in this stuff, but a producer, um, have, have you seen them do what I would call a slightly creative thing? So let's say in their niche, they become recognized as the cyber expert or the risk management expert or whatever. And so, you know, people talk about it. Have, have you seen them do things like, uh, oh, you know, maybe host a small AMA, like an ask me anything, or even something a little more structured, like, hey, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be hosting a webinar that answers the five most common questions about that in your niche. Uh, you know, come and join me for that. Uh, uh, you know, in in my world, you know, like I tend to measure that as, you know, how many hundreds of people can I get on the line at once? But in theirs, it may be, hey, can I have a, a an in depth, intimate conversation with five people? Because I'll turn three of them into customers. Do you, do you ever see them kind of making that jump? It, th there, there are some that are doing that from what I've seen. Um, I think that is the, the ideal for it. But what a lot of it is, is, is going to be, 
uh, a movement more to one-on-one. -on -one. I don't okay. know that you're even yeah. going to care about the small group because I because I think what you're you're identifying is the goal now is to serve. The goal is to say, you know what, I have some experience in this space, and I'd love to answer your questions. And let's just do it through the easiest communication method possible. And whether that's texting or a quick Zoom call, something like that. I read something the other day that said because of Corona, the coronavirus, we have actually advanced 10 years in technological capabilities over the last six months. And, and when you think about as humans yeah. on the planet, like how many of us are using Zoom and we're utilizing these technologies, like some people like you and me, maybe we were already using this stuff, you know, it's not that much of a, a growth experience for us. But for the typical business person who was like, I'm never going to show my video online, like I'm not, I'm never going to turn my video on in a Zoom call. Um, they weren't comfortable with that. Now we're seeing it all the time. And so it really is an interesting shift in our comfort level of having video based or technology based communications. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are more open to that. I think we're going to see more of it. Um, when I think about how does the producer really utilize this strategy? Mm -hmm. It's about saying, okay, it's the first of the week. I'm going to look out and I'm going to say, who do I have appointments with this week? And so I'm going to now just take a little baby step, which is called, I'm going to go online and I'm going to look and see if I'm connected with them on LinkedIn. And so if you're not, we're going to connect with them. And what we're going to do then is we're going to dig through their connections and we're going to see, I already know who my ideal client is. And, and if I'm already connected with them, I can check it out. If I am connected with them, I got to connect with them first to do that. But I'm going to look and see who they know that I think would be a good referral. And so then when I get to my meeting with them that week, then I have the opportunity to say, you know, we cover the business, we talk about that, and we can just bring up casually, hey, I was on LinkedIn the other day, and I noticed that you know this person and this person, and I'm, I, I think what I do could really be helpful for them. What's your relationship with them? And it opens up a dialogue to be able to get a firsthand knowledge of that, because they might say, oh, yeah, we've been together, you know, we've been friends forever, or it might be like, I don't really know who that guy is, he just connected with me. But either way, you're going to get information to get referrals. And then you, you don't even have to have them make the introduction for you. You can say, you know, would you mind if I, you know, mention your name when I reach out to them? And then you now can reach out to that person and say, hey, uh, the other day I was talking to my friend Michael Jans and your name came up and I do some things that I think you might be interested. In. I'd love to get connected with you. And, and again, it's kind of like you're talking about before. I'm not asking for a marriage ring at this point. I'm asking for the first date. All I'm saying is I'd like to get connected with you. I'd like to better understand what you're sharing, or I'd like to share some stuff with you. And, and then that relationship is about building depth over time, not, you know, first date, let's get married or sec first, second date, let's get married. Like it's not going all the way to the sales pitch right away. It's about acknowledging that if I've got all these people that are connected with me on my social network and they are the right kinds of people, mm -hmm. then it's kind of like putting fish in a pond. And I'm going to start throwing food at them or, you know, I'm starting giving them things. I'm going to share content on a regular basis, not just the hardcore FAQ kind of moment of true stuff, but the also lighter weight things that are helping to establish my credibility, show I'm part of the community, creating proximity. There's a great book called The Like Switch. I don't know if you've ever read that one. It's by, from an FBI agent who was talking about how they use likability to build relationships with basically foreign ambassadors to make them be spies, but <laughs> it's, but well, there's this in a, in a compromised situation. Yeah. It, but <laughs> there's this, this math, there's this math of likability that says, 
proximity, like how close is your relationship and how frequently are you engaging them? And what are you asking of them? And so when you start putting those things together in a systematic, it's kind of like that Moneyball movie where you're starting to share this stuff systematically over time. And as you're adding more and more people into your social network, you are just creating a relationship with these people. I remember once I walked into a soccer game, my kids were playing soccer and this lady came up to me and she just started talking to me. And I was like, I don't know who you are. Like I was, and I finally had asked her, I'm like, I can't place how we know each other. And this was actually before I even got into insurance. It was when I was working with realtors and she's like, oh, I own this title and escrow company. And uh, we <laughs> met at this one event a year ago and we became friends on Facebook. And I've never once ever talked to you. I've never liked, I've never commented, but I just had consistently been present in her space that she felt like she knew me. And then when she saw me, she recognized me. She had the opportunity and we just start talking. And so when we create this effect on purpose, which is to scale our visibility and our transparency with the right kind of people, then it just gives us so many more opportunities to start harvesting that over time. Two questions. The first one I think is a softball. Okay. Uh, would you say that this skill set is, uh, if not now, about to be, but probably now. Is this an imperative skill set for commercial lines producer? Uh, yeah, softball. I think it is, for sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult for me to imagine what could replace it as effectively. I mean, uh, you know, social media is a power tool. Um, and, and while it's full of imperfections like the rest of the world is, it does seem that with an appropriate, which is my next question, but it seems like, it, it, like I said, that seems like a soft, a softball question because I, I can't imagine um, that uh, that time, that sufficient time invested in it won't return in multiples. Right, and, okay. and but that's also the part that people don't like because they want instant. You know, I want to, I want instant outcome. And so I always say, is it your call to action or is it your call to engagement? You know, are we, are we focusing on developing the relationship over time and then taking those conversations offline where opportunity permits that it's a harder, they're, they're, the KPIs around that are very difficult to just put on paper and then say, here's the ROI of the activity. Yeah, so admittedly, okay, from a, like from a marketer's perspective, the KPIs can be tricky. Um, so so um, case in point, you know, let's say I have an email marketing campaign with a list of 10,000 people and, <clears throat> and I launch it on Tuesday. And by the end of Wednesday, I know what my open rate is. I know what my click rate, uh, click through rate is. I know how many people uh, visited the landing page. I know how many people converted on the landing page. Man, you know, it's like now I, I don't quite yet know how many people turned into customers, but I can I can make some pretty sound judgments on that campaign in less than forty eight hours. Right. And with social selling. Um, yeah, 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 the, uh, you know, the, 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 the direct line between the investment and the return is it's just trickier, right? It, it's harder to map out, but you feel it as you execute it. I remember, um, so when I, 
I used to work in downtown Seattle. And so every day I would get on a ferry, go from the island I lived on to downtown Seattle, back and forth. And you kind of get to know people there. And one time I saw someone who I knew him and I hadn't really talked to him in a while. And I just decided today I'll sit down and talk to this guy. And he looked at me and he said, Brett, I'm so glad you came by. I've been wanting to talk to you for weeks. Two weeks ago, you posted this thing on social media and it was about a book I'd read. And he's like, I went and bought the book and I've been waiting to have this conversation. And I remember thinking, this is, this is the evidence that we don't know how to quantify, which is you, have, you start in the middle of conversations with people all the time because you've shared content with them. They see that, they experience it. And then when they meet up with you, then you're already ready for the next thing. And so I, I hope, I hope we get to the point where we can, as far as KPIs, figure out how to, to do this. Um, maybe just for the sake of getting some of the larger businesses to invest into this strategy or this, this type of methodology. It's very easy to spend money where we can get the quick KPI outcomes. But what happens is there is a correlation between growth. You know, I was talking to uh, a personalized agent. He was like, yeah, I closed 250 deals last year on Facebook. Um, and I was like, well, how do you quantify that? And he was like, well, you know, it's a little, some of it's kind of guesswork, but it's like, it's through those efforts that he really felt comfortable that he was able to, to bring those leads in and to be able to, to harvest that. So it is an interesting struggle to figure out how do we get motivated to do it when there isn't the clearest outcome. But once you start doing it, and you start like like the leads generation tool I show you, you will you can get easy 10 to 20 leads every single week. So once you start adding those leads and you start growing that and then you start nurturing it and then you turn those into appointments, then it doesn't take that long, a few months, and then you've got enough emotional proof personally that you know what, this is working, this is working really well. Well, at some point, I mean, they turn into sales and you know it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the quantification is a little bit tricky. So presumably, Brett, you, you have a, you, you probably recommend uh, some commitment to a routine discipline, yay? I do, yep. So you want me to share that? <laughs> I, Why not? I, I think that I, I look at the, I look at it as a game, like social yeah. selling is kind of like a game. Like what's the game of using social media to generate opportunities for sales? And so there's really two ways to play. There's kind of an offensive way to play and a defensive way to play. The defensive way is kind of what you were talking about, becoming an influencer, where you gather the right kinds of people, the people who are your ideal clients together, you get connected with them, and then you share content over time. And in, in doing that, you are going to naturally build relationships with them, have opportunities. And, and, and we show you the tactics on how to really shortcut some of these conversations so you're building that engagement quicker. Um, but over time, what happens is you just kind of have this, I, I don't know where they're coming from, but I seem to be having more sales-related conversations as a result of this stuff. And it's, I, I always think of it as like, you're the deer in the middle of the field. We always think of like hunting, which is, you know, where's the big elk we want to shoot? But in this scenario, you are the elk. You're like, I'm going to be the biggest <laughs> elk in the middle of the field. And I got hunters all around me and they're all, you know, saying, what am I going to put in my freezer for the winter? And, and I become the obvious target. Like that's kind of your approach. The second approach is being the hunter. It's about saying, okay, I've got some, I, I have five clients that I love to death. They are some of my favorite clients. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down what is it about them that I like. And then I'm going to go find more people like that. You know, it's kind of that whole four hour work week kind of ideology of 
is a Tim Ferriss, right? Yeah. So, so how do I figure out who are the best opportunities for me? And now I use social media strategically to pinpoint who those people are. So let's say I get connected with them on LinkedIn and then I'm looking at my comments on a post. It could be there were four comments on a post and three of those people are marginally interesting to me, but all of a sudden that one person comments, the one that I'm really interested in. Okay, now I have an opportunity. They saw my content, they engaged with me enough that they felt they could share something. And so now I'm saying, okay, how do I now e evolve this conversation? And so I'll respond to them. A lot of time, that's when I move it into more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get that. I remember working with a, a commercial producer, he was in Atlanta and he said, Brett, you know, I was trying to win over this client. You know, they were, they were this ideal client and I had this great solution that I felt would be really good for them. And I sent them things in the mail and I called and left messages and I dropped by their office and I could never get a hold of them. And he says, but I did what you taught me to do. I reached out to the key decision maker on LinkedIn. And what's great about LinkedIn is we often check LinkedIn when we're not super busy. And so, you know, when we're going through our emails. We're like just trying to get through it. But when you finally take a break and you look at your LinkedIn messages, and for most people, they don't, they don't get a lot of LinkedIn messages in comparison to some platforms, it's at a time where they can think about it. Well, she responded and said, I've seen your stuff. I appreciate it. I've wanted to get back with you, but I just have been too busy. But that gave him the signal that he was like on the right track. And he said, it only took about a week after that to actually make the deal. And so when we're using this to get in front of people and get past some of these traditional barriers, to actually communicate with the right kinds of people, then our success goes up. So when we're pinpointing who those are, and I would say, you know, I love that top 100 list concept of uh, figure out yeah. who your top 100, you know, whether it's referral partners or potential clients are, and start using social media to specifically target them in engagement. It sounds bad to say target them, but to be able to, you know, focus on them so we can create more opportunities for engagement. And then that is going to help us you know, do those things. I, when I was building my real estate business, I wanted to be a CE instructor. This was back in like 2009 and the market had crashed. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I realized that CE classes were a really great way to get in front of real realtors. And so I was building out this social media website solution, a couple different services for realtors. Well, I realized that it was the director of education at the state level at the Washington state association that really was in front of all of these people. And so she became my focus. And so I connected with her on Facebook via a friend we had in common that kind of helped me make that connection. And then I just marinated that relationship. And even though it's stupid to say, because her son had eczema and my son had eczema, it gave us something to talk about, which was different eczema solutions that had nothing to do with, can I come teach real estate CE courses for the state? It helped us to create that relationship and then once that relationship, I felt, it took about three months. It was very, I, I'm not going to lie. It was a conscious effort on my end to say, this is a mm -hmm. key person that I want to establish a relationship. I mm -hmm. also wanted to make sure I wasn't being deceitful. I wanted to be based 100% on, um, you know, genuine honesty. And so I looked for things that we had in common <laughs> that we could grow that relationship. And then the time came where I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to have that conversation. I didn't try to do it over email. I didn't try to do it over Facebook. I said, hey, I'd like to come down to Olympia. I lived in a little town called Port Ludlow. It was like two hours away. So let me come down there and yeah. meet with you. And I'd like to talk to you. Well, our relationship was so strong that by the, just out of the, not so strong, like in real life terms, but because of the social media, it was strong enough that when we got there, she had a sense of who I was. 
she had common, we had common friends. We'd had a number of conversations and it was by the end of that meeting, she said, Brett, this is awesome. And within 18 months, I was teaching 95% of the technology related right CE on. courses throughout the entire state. And so when we use social media and that kind of an example where we pinpoint who these people are, we can create those relationships effectively and really grow our business quite, quite well. Got it. Right on. And, and, and what you did not do was, hey, I just met you. How about let's hop on the phone tomorrow for 15 minutes? <laughs> right, right, right. You try to avoid the creeper award. <laughs> don't want to be that creeper. <laughs> All righty. So, Brett, you you have a, uh, what is it, a three-week uh, course on social selling? Yep. So it takes about an hour a day, about 20 to 30 minutes of video, and then about a half-hour assignment. Uh, there's workbooks. It's video training. Um, we just did the third round of it. And this time we, I threw in an extra thing, which is I did a live Zoom call every day as people went through it, oh, which yeah. I found was really helpful. And so right now we're going to probably do that again in January. I'm a little bit lazy. I am going to take the holidays off. Um, but in January, we're going to do that cycle again where, I mean, when you buy the course, it's a three course, you do it all on your own and you have it for life. So every, every iteration that I add, you get the next version of it because um, there's just, the problem is I want to keep it small, but then there's all this cool stuff. And yeah. so I'm, it's been this um, kind of a, a careful navigation between not overwhelming busy producers and really focusing on the things that um, are going to make them, you know, move the needle the most. Right so on. it's three course. Um, yeah, it's, I'm really excited about it. People really are loving it. Well, let me really encourage people. Uh, let, let let me encourage listeners to uh, to find out more about it and to check it out. How can they do that, Brett? So you want to go to boss-social.com. B o s s dash social s o c i a c i a l dot com, and that's our main website. And from there, you'll see links that you can learn about it. Um, and there's some, of course, I do the same thing. So I'm going to give you some freebies to be able to help establish a relationship to understand who I am. Um, but that's where you, I would really send people to go learn yeah. about it. And, and it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if somebody connected with you on LinkedIn. <laughs> very, very open to that. Yep. Very open to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there, um, you, you, you may have a common enough name. I don't. To, to, are, are there other Brett Allens out there that they have to fight their way through to find you? You know, there's not, if you do Brett Allen in the word insurance, I think there might be like Boom. a State Farm guy that I compete with, but yeah, I'm pretty okay. much there. Or do Brett Allen Seattle, Brett Allen social media, any searches like that, you'll find all my content. Very good. All right. And your website is boss-social.com. Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, Brett, any, any final words that you want to say to the, the leaders of the insurance industry of today? The leaders? Um, I would say it's a privilege to be a part of this movement, this movement of learning how to use technology responsibly to, to really secure the risks of people. Uh, I would like to congratulate, I think, so many cool things that I've seen. You know, my life really has been deeply from the carrier side, but I also worked with the sales side. So like my BFFs are like territory managers, you know, and <laughs> it's more so than like the yeah. guys back in the corporate office, even though, so um, <coughs> that with that background, I would say, or I should have come up with a better thing. I, I think the thing is, is I'd be open to it. I, I think the biggest thing is, 
agency owners need to understand that social media isn't just for your marketing. I, I had an agent the other day, a, a, um, a principal that's like, okay, I'll take seven. And he bought seven licenses. And I was, and it turns out they were like for his CSRs and for his marketing staff. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this is for the producer. And so having them understand this is for your producers to use social media, I think is the, the it's the gap. It's the gap that hasn't been really built out. And so that's, I mean, why did I quit a really nice job to be brave and go start my own consulting business right when COVID was happening? <laughs> well, you know, what would make someone do that? It just was that I really felt like there is this hole here and I have been in the right place to to really lend a hand and serve this industry. And that's what I'm trying to do. Well said and much appreciated. Uh, well, Brett, <clears throat> and uh, once again, as always, enjoyed spending time with you. You're generous with your time. I know you're extremely busy, uh, maybe now more than usual. So um, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.